Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rana here. I know, I know we said we were taking a break, but here I am anyway, giving you a little extra special something, which is last week's episode from Patreon. We figured while they're waiting for the free feed to come back, why don't we give them a little taste of what it's like to be in the Patreon carriage house where we're having a fabulous time with an incredible, very exclusive community, pardon me, with very active conversation in boards. We're having such fun, and we thought, why not share it with you? Go to patreon.com slash askrana if you love it. We're there 52 weeks a year, and we're delighted to welcome you into the carriage house. Enjoy, enjoy. We hope everyone had a fabulous holiday and is enjoying the holiday season. And for those that are joining us, we will see you on the 28th at the Kiki. So much love, and respect and admiration and thank you to everyone who has supported us this 150 episodes. We absolutely love doing the show and we love being here with you and for you. Kiss, kiss. Rana. Rana, I'm trying to think what day it is. <gasps> Rana's putting on her lip. She's being Kathy Hilton right now. Oh. Oh. Hi, Rana. Were you talking? Yeah, I, I was talking. I'd... I was starting the show. Rana. Rana's putting on her lip gloss, and I have to tell, I have to tell you. Fabulous. There are gonna be people who play that back a hundred thousand times, Rana. You what is the lip gloss? Just so go ahead and tell funny us. funny about this lip gloss. What? Tell me. I can't wait to laugh. So I told you about my celebrity organizer, Tracy. Of course. Did she come over yet? She, she flew to Boston. I put her up at the new break because I wanted to go have brunch at Contessa. Right, And I wanted course. to go see Maddie, my waitress, at Wonderful. the street, who we love. And... Part of what we were doing was going through my purses, my shoes. My, I mean, oh, right, all that how stuff. many days is that going to take? Right, exactly. What am I using? What am I not using, et cetera? Mm. But part of what happens in that process is she and her fabulous assistant, Nikki, come in. They go through every pocket and they say, oh, do you need this um, old tissue that you used when you went to a Broadway show? Or do you need this ticket stub? Or do you need, you know, whatever's in your purses? But part of what they found was a couple of lip glosses that I'd forgotten about. You're kidding. Rhonda, this is hysterical. And I am so excited that this lip gloss has made its way back into my life because what I what, wanted to tell it, you- What's the deal with the lip I'm gloss? I'm going to tell you. Wow. What I wanted to tell you, because I know you're about to travel with your sister. My sister. And I know- I hope she doesn't listen to this. I don't want to ruin her Christmas She gift. doesn't. But I know that she's getting something terrific. She doesn't she listen? Is. To the Patreon? I don't think so. That explains a few things. Right. I don't even know if they're making this anymore. Okay. This is such a fabulous product. And also, look at the volume. Look how much they give you. That's it is a actually big, a very nice size. That's it's a, a nice big look. lip gloss. It is. But I don't understand the packaging at the top. I'm not sure why. They're doing this the way they're doing this. But this, I have to say, I'd forgotten how gorgeous this is. This is a La Mer lip wow. volumizer. 
Wow. And it has just a little bit of peppermint in it, which must be what's That must giving be the you, thing that's volumizing your lips. Yes, it gives you a little lip prick. Bee stung, yeah. Exactly, bee stung lips. It's the most perfect, clear pink color. I, I do favor it a is light a wonderful pink color. gloss. And it just feels incredible. And the wand has a lovely large pillow to it. It is large. So it's really getting all over that lip and it's absolutely gorgeous. And I'm getting just getting all say, over that lip. You, if you're meeting your sister somewhere and they have this in the duty free at the airport, you should bring it to her. Okay. Change a life. I will. For a day. Sure. You, you okay. go through an entire thing in a day? No, but that's sort of what your sister's like. She'll yes, feel good is. for she'll feel good for a She's day. She's ephemeral. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mercurial, ephemeral, exactly. you name it. Exactly. All the emeralds. She is. Uh, Emeril Lagasse is her favorite chef. She loves him and has all his cookbooks. Is it Lagasse or Lagasse? Lagasse. Emerald yeah. Lagasse. Bam. Yeah. Have you ever eaten at the thing. Commander's Palace? Never. I've never eaten any, I've never associated with him. He was the chef at the Commander's Palace in New Orleans for a long time, which is one was of Was he the chef when you were there? Does he do guest appearances? No, he was not the chef when I was there. And when I ate at the Commander's Palace, I have to say, it is an incredible building on one of the most devastatingly beautiful and haunting blocks in America, right across from the most beautiful cemetery. Baby wow. Steve and I would walk to the cemetery every day, take a walk. Oh, how uplifting. Up. Honestly, it is in a way. My mother and father love a cemetery. They love going. I love an old wall and I love an old cemetery. Sure. And I do feel that there is something about that knife's edge between life and death that can be very life-affirming in some ways. Can be ways. comforting. But All mostly right. it's just beautiful. New Orleans sure. is a beautiful city with lots yeah. of little moments. And that cemetery, whatever they did. I tried to kick off my modeling career there, but it didn't work. Did you? Yeah. I mean, it's such a beautiful city. I thought beautiful people in a beautiful city, you know, like I'll, I won't fail. And I walked up and down Bourbon Street in different looks, posing the whole way. <laughs> Nothing worked. Well, yeah. You're more of a catalog model anyway. <laughs> For sure. Spiegel. <laughs> <laughs> You could have been an Abercrombie guy. Or an LLB. Back in the day, I could have yeah. been an Abercrombie guy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. In any event, uh, the food was absolutely horrible and the meal oh. was, was disgusting. <laughs> but the bad. but the outside is a beautiful. And I don't know why people don't talk about the blue that it's painted because it is akin to the robin's egg blue of Tiffany. Whatever the blue is that they're using. Beautiful. It's really more of a Caribbean blue, which okay. I actually love because New Orleans has a lot of that Caribbean influence. People don't talk sure. about it as much, but it's all in there. Yeah. And it's an incredible city. I love it. But I always do feel that I've just gotten out with my life when I live. Right. right. Yeah. It is one of those places, I guess. It's the kind, it is, I will say, the sort of place that Unfortunately, people who live there will say to you, oh, I wouldn't go there. You know, you think, oh, I'm just a tourist. It's safe for tourists. Or right. you think, or you think, you know, people love to say things aren't safe, but it's fine. Right. I'm from a big city. I can handle this. Yeah. And it's only the local people that tell you, I would never go there. Or I would never. Every person from every background, they always tell you, I'd never go to the French Quarter. Wow. Right. E ever. That's the sort of thing they say. Yeah. Uh, but then they do on certain days of the year they go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's certain days of the year it belongs to them and other days it belongs to everyone else. It's sort That's of right. like, you know, if your company rents out Disney World for for the uh, annual trip, who was that, that big hedge fund manager just rented out Disney World for his right. company? Yeah. Mariah's done it before. That sounds like her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mariah. Poor, poor Moroccan and Monroe will have to share the spotlight with all those other 14 children. They do, but also one of them's a singer now. Yes. I forget which one. Yeah. I think Monroe, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. I read okay. this on the free feed. You're going to read it. This is going to be um, not that long because it's okay. December 23rd. People are busy. They don't have time to listen to this. They've got to go get in their car, bundle up, look at the traffic, figure out how long it's going to take, and then add an hour to that. Sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's true. Yeah. Not me. I'm Jewish. 
Right. It's Christmaka. Right. But uh, by the way, I'm with wisdom. With age comes comes wisdom. And I, I can't imagine buying a gift on December 23rd. Get, get it in order. You know what I mean? I haven't, I haven't purchased one gift this I year. I haven't either. Nothing. Not one. And That's I not true. Think, I got something for my parents I, and then I got something for two of my aunts. I don't think I'm getting you anything this year. I want. That's to fine. We don't that. have to do it. Is that all right with you? Of course it is. I guess that makes me a Scrooge. Now I have to think no, about it. No, it doesn't. I, I haven't gotten you anything, Rana. So I certainly hope not. So, but you don't yeah. yeah, but you never really want to get me anything anyway. <laughs> you're right. You think your presence is my presence. Of course I do. Yeah. And of course it is. <laughs> uh okay. You were okay. I read the you're gonna read this. You're gonna read this. Hello, Rana. And this and has a follow-up. I'm warning people there's already a, a pre follow-up or a Oh, it must be a pre-follow. Well, it's going to be a pre because we're going to read one and then the other. Ah, it's a pre okay. because we haven't answered it yet. So that makes it, it a pre. Right. Yeah. Hello, Rana and Brian, impossible fabulous guest. First, mm-hmm. I've been listening to y'all from the beginning, and I'm not only a huge fan, but I'm in, in awe of the empire you've built. To say this be. is my favorite podcast is an understatement. Attitudes is a close second, though. I cut off contact with my biological father almost eight years ago. He was emotionally abusive all my life, and by my late 20s, I'd had enough. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made, and I have no intention of opening up that door again. I'm now a mother of two boys, one of whom is four years old and is starting to be more inquisitive regarding family relationships. For example, he recently asked my husband, is Papa your dad and is Grandma your mom while my in-laws were visiting? I always knew that one day I would need to explain who my biological father is because he's in certain pictures in our home, mainly wedding album because that was prior to me going no contact. My sister and niece also still have contact with him. So I figured one day my children may notice a picture of them with him uh, with him or something similar. I always thought I knew how I would respond to these questions until it recently came up and I internally panicked. My mom and stepdad were visiting for Thanksgiving and my son randomly asked, is grandpa your dad? While we were in the kitchen. I said yes. And I guess it satisfied my kiddo's curiosity because he went off to play right after. One thing I do want to make clear is that I don't feel it was a lie considering my stepdad is my dad in all senses of the word, and has been there for me since I was 10 years old. He walked me down the aisle, despite me still speaking to my bio father at that point in time, adores my boys, and has been there for so many ups and downs in my life. However, I felt this tinge of something, almost like I'm hiding a deep, dark secret. I'm sure these are probably feelings of shame due to childhood and emotional trauma with my biological father, and I'll be bringing it up to my therapist this week. My question for y'all is this. Do you have any advice on how I could respond to my children when one of them inevitably asks me about this? It will be obvious one day, even if they are much older. I'm not sure if either of you have been in a similar position, but I know I can count on you to give sage advice that is realistic, but also compassionate. Unless I broke the carriage hostile guide or I'm overthinking this, in which case I totally will accept my roasting. Regardless of whether this letter is picked, thanks for everything y'all do and for bringing such joy into my life. Five stars forever and always, and happy holidays to you both. Kiss, kiss, but please don't use my name. Pre-follow-up. Okay. Hi hi again. Hi. Hi. I have no idea if my previous letter will be picked. Oh, so we hadn't even read this on the free feed. Oh, this is a pre-pre-follow-up. Seriously. Okay. I have no idea if my previous letter will be picked, but in the off chance it is, there's an unfortunate update to this scenario. My paternal grandmother, so my bio dad's mother, was diagnosed with cancer this year. And while it seemed the surgeons thought they got everything, I was just notified by my paternal uncle that it metastasized and nothing else can be done. I'm so sorry. My uncle knows the situation between me and bio dad. My grandmother does as well, but believes, but believes it is due to many untrue reasons. Example, I wanted bio dad to buy me something expensive and he said no, so I cut off contact. Shit like that. I've still sent Christmas cards and been low contact with her for the last five years because of this. And truthfully, we were never close to begin with. Because her time is short, there's now pressure to visit, and that includes bringing the great-grandchildren. I do not feel comfortable doing this for many reasons. For one, I know there is zero chance my bio dad wouldn't be around, and that means opening that door. I do feel very sad for her and that this is happening, but this feels more like I'm hearing of a friend's grandmother who's dying and not my own. At the risk of sounding cold, I've never understood rushing to someone's deathbed who is not really loving and supportive during your life just because they are dying and scared. 
I want to do something to express condolences and possibly brighten her day in some tiny way, maybe flowers, a handwritten note, but it feels performative to make the trip. I would rather the people who are closer to her have that time, and I'm also scared drama will ensue and stress her out more. This also means having to explain this relationships to my child and drag him to meet someone he has never, ever met while she's on her deathbed. I guess what I'm looking for is advice on a meaningful way to express I'm thinking of her while maintaining boundaries. How do I even tell my relatives I'm not going? Logistically, it would already be challenging in a different state, time off, etc. But the real reason I can't exactly blast, but the the real reason I can't exactly blast via group text. Oh, I see. But the real, the actual reason she can't actually blast yeah. in a group text. Okay, sorry, that confused me. I apologize. This is all over the place. My first letter, I really tried to edit, but I'll fully admit this one is stream of consciousness, and it's dredging up many emotions. I'm sorry. Even if this one isn't chosen, if Mimi or Tony or Dante got this far, thanks for reading. She's lovely. Yeah. What a considerate person. Yes. Yes. This is T-O-U-G-H. Tough. This is tough stuff because- Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's also most- Definitely so many personal choices to be made. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to do is live with regret. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, I don't know necessarily. I, I don't think I'm the right person to ask. I'll say that. Oh, why not? I would have these conversations in my head when my parents and I were not speaking for a very long time that what yeah. if my grandmother got sick? Yeah. Who I adored though. Yes, but your grandmother and you had a good relationship. And you I just, was talking to her. You would just right. have to run into your parents. That that's, would be that's the concern. Right. That's right. You're right. It was never it was never like on the table that I wouldn't go. It wasn't yeah. ever that. Um your grandmother didn't deny, you know, your grandmother didn't take your parents' side. Let's put it that way. No. That's what this person is saying about their grandmother, right? That their the grandmother has well, a mis- the, the grandmother maybe has a misperception about right. what happened between her and the father, and whatever happened between her and the father is ugly and dark and something she doesn't want to talk about with us, and that is fair enough. Mm-hmm. I will say that, but it is something that has made it so that she does not even want to be in the same room or the same house as him. But she also says she wasn't that close to the grandmother. Yeah. So this is one of these life questions about, about regret and amends and what people and, deserve and, and what all of feels these like things. a responsibility and what shouldn't feel like a responsibility. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And I will say that all of this falls into the category of until you walk a mile in someone else's shoes. So there are people who are raised in, you know mostly health, healthy or average families. Sure. They have their squabbles. They, ups you know, and downs. this one's talking to that one, ups and downs, personalities, blah, blah, blah. And these are the kind of people who think that when someone is dying, that they deserve your amends if you are in an argument with them about something. And there are certainly people that fall into that category, for sure. Oh, my my sister's dying wish that I blank. What did she do to you that you don't speak to her? Well, this and that. And, you know, but it was a long time ago and I don't know. I have to decide whether I want to give them this closure or give them the, or whether I need this closure or whatever it is. And then there are people who have been deeply, betrayed and mistreated by the people that were supposed to love and protect them. And those people spend a lot of, sometimes a lot, sometimes not. Some people just come to an understanding at some point in their life where they say, you were my biological father, but you were never a father to me. And so in the way that you disrespected that bond, role, responsibility, whatever, I don't feel I owe that back to you. Just because you helped to bring me into this world 
does not mean that you then met your end of the bargain. And in fact, quite the opposite. You damaged me in this way, this way, this way. This is a conversation you probably have with someone in your head, not or with your therapist. But you do the emotional math on who you want to be, what it means. And it's interesting because this person has a small child, so they're still in that developmental phase of they're learning how to make a family on their own as opposed to the family of origin that they came from. Sounds like she has a terrific stepfather. Yeah. That he, that he was a real, you and know, savior And to that part of the question, of I would ways. say, I don't, listen, I'm not living in your shoes. Yeah. It doesn't seem dishonest to me to say that that's your father. No, but I also think it's okay to say to a four-year-old, or uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the age. That's well, I will say that at least people who have, op- I, I just, I have not operated like this before. I have not been in this situation, I guess I should say. But I do have friends who have been adopted who just always knew. Um that there were, they don't even remember a moment when they were told because they just always knew. So I guess this is different than that, but there is a situation of like, well, that was the that was my father, you know, until he wasn't. Or is something. the child asking because they have a genuine question, or are they asking because they're trying to figure out what's a cousin? Was it an right? Aunt? Maybe what's they're like uncle? trying to what's, put. Um, how right. does it work? Right. Who is this person? This person is my brother. Who's my brother's brother? My brother's brother is my brother. Right. Who's my mother's brother? My uncle, you know, whatever it is. No, I remember asking my grandmother out. how she was related to, and like why she was there, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then she says, I'm daddy's mummy. Exactly. And you think, oh, okay. That blew my mind. So yeah. if they're four and that's what you're saying, that's fine. But I absolutely think there's a moment coming at some point in the not too distant future where you say what is the truth, which is, Daddy is my, uh, you know, grandpa is my, is my dad, but he is not, you know, but I also have another dad or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. I'm right. not doing, doing that one for you right now. But were you honest with him in a plain way about yeah. the arrangement, which is I that had a dad. A father I, is a he person wasn't very who loves nice, you so and raises you. So then I had another you. dad and he was very nice. However you're supposed to say that. There, mm-hmm. are, there are people who are real experts that you can ask that question to and they can tell you how to talk to a child about these like things. Like me. Like Brian. Yeah. Developmental psychologist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Lover of, love being around children. But probably this isn't the moment for that conversation. So really the question is not about do I think that that's going to fly what you did? No, not forever. Yeah. Do I think it's great that your stepfather was a father to you? Wonderful. Yeah. And that what children need to know is that what's important is to be loved and have the children people around you that, okay. that love, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Do you need to go see your grandmother? If you personally want to go see your grandmother really and you, and you want to go and you want to see her before she passes, that's up to you. You're under no obligation to bring your children to make that journey with you if you don't want to. Yeah, I think so too. I I think it's one thing. I think there has to be a medium there. I don't know why you initially said I would have to bring the great-grandchild. I don't think you would. Because people are putting pressure. They're saying, well, she's dying. You should bring the grandchildren to meet her, da-da-da-da-da. And these are people who obviously don't know the reality and the whole story of what happened right. between her which and her is very, father. Honestly, which is very triggering and very frustrating when people just say, I don't know what happened, but you really owe it to so-and-so to do this. And it's sort of like, well, but you don't know what happened. So- Unless your father is that's, living that's in that house. Uh, you know, I do think that there's another, that, that you really hit on something that's important, which is you said, basically, I don't want to be a distraction. I'm also scared drama will ensue and stress her out more. That's this all, blah, blah, blah. So basically- you're afraid you're going to come there and you're going to become the focal point for the time that you're there. And some of that you can, you can affect and some of it you can't affect. But yes, that your presence will be disruptive. This sort of goes back to what I was saying before, which is that there are people who think you should always give everybody this opportunity for amends and da, da, da. I'm not sure your grandmother's asking for that. If you'd like to see your grandmother before she goes, you should go see her. And 
you can also, I don't know, there's going to be another aunt or somebody over there. And you could also say, I'd love to sit, come see grandma. I would very much, you could even send your father a note that says, I would like to say, come say goodbye to grandma. And I'd very much appreciate it if you're not there when I do. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're engaging with him. You know, you, if anything, you're resetting your boundary, even clear, more clearly. I was going to say, you could just say something like, I'm thinking of going to grandma's. I do not want to engage with you. So I want to, I, I'm thinking of coming at this time. I would really appreciate if you weren't there. And if you are going to be there, please let me know. Yeah. Or let, and if your dad is- Or let Aunt Sue know or whatever it is. But yeah. I don't think- I don't think you have to make up with your father because- I do or, not or, either. And I don't think, and I also think if you go there and your father's there and you don't want to see him or you don't want to speak to him, you don't really have to. No. I mean, he might say, oh, I heard you had a kid. And you say, yeah, they're great. And you go see the grandmother and then you leave. Yeah. And your kids are still very little. I mean- I think, I think he will listen to you if you say, I, I want to see her. It's on the condition that you won't be around. And I think he'll-, he'll Oh, I don't know that. if he will or he won't. But you can also go there if this is important to you. And you can go for an hour and just say, I really just wanted to see you and tell you that I love you. And, you know, bring us some flowers or whatever it is that you do. But you don't have to drag your children there. That's Who is that for? That's for yeah, you. Yeah, you definitely- Your grandmother's not asking for that. So you don't have to, just because your aunt thinks and your other one thinks and this one thinks- it doesn't matter what they think, honestly, anyway. You don't really have to do that. Yeah, it doesn't. But if this is something that you want to do before she goes, then you should go and do it. It doesn't she have to be agree. this performance that you're talking about, which is that everyone will see and the grandchildren will be brought and da 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 It also doesn't really matter if you, if you, I mean, it's not great that your father might say, I'm your grandfather. And... It might force a conversation with your son where you say, when he says, what does that mean? You say, no, Grampy's my grandfather. Grampy's also your grandfather. You know, what does that mean? It means that uh, mommy had a dad, you know, whatever. I was raised by one and brought into this world by another. And what matters in this world is the people that you love and you love back mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And those are the pe- and those are your people. Sometimes, you know, however you're supposed to say these things, I don't know. That's really for somebody who's a little bit, got a different background than me, because I don't want to give you bad advice on that. But you also don't owe these people anything. It sounds like you have made peace with the fact that these are people that are no longer going to be in your lives. And it is true, especially with these people that are abusive and et cetera, et cetera, that there are people who have different dynamics with these people. And there are people who need them to be a certain way. There will be somebody inevitably who will speak at your father's funeral and will talk about how he was the greatest guy they ever met in their life. And that's their story that they need for some reason. Mm. It does not in any way change your truth. And you don't have to participate in that. And you also don't have to go there and say to them, your life is a lie. Because that's their whole problem that they have to deal with, that they have to live with. And you don't have to walk a day in their shoes. You are evolved. You are making your own decisions. You're making your own family. And it sounds like you have an incredibly healthy perspective. You just have a little bit of understandable human guilt about, do I owe this to someone on the way out the door? And that to me is really more about whether you want to see her, not about whether she wants to see you. If she asked for you to come, then I mean, yeah, she's your grandmother. She's not your father. You could honor that, but that's up to you. There isn't really a right or a wrong answer. That's my opinion. Stick to it. Mm, I'd like to. I can feel myself wavering on it. Best of luck. You seem like a really considerate, thoughtful person. I Um, think it's incredible how evolved and how- And I have to say something that's sticking with me from this letter is this idea that her grandmother might have this perception, extended family might have this perception- and yet she still, our letter writer, had the like courage and dignity to be like, you know what? I don't have to explain anything more to you. I don't have to make you see it from my point of view. You I'm th- done. Yeah. Think what you want. That's that's real maturity. You can think whatever you want. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. really impressive. Now it sounds like this person has done an unbelievable amount of work on themselves yeah. and that they're in a great place. Yeah. And that these are just these old sort of ghosts that, you know, float in and out yeah. of your life. It's true. Uh, okay. Oh, well, now, first run, I do want to say our do holiday we- parties next week. Oh my God. Is it next week? It's next. The 28th. Oh my God. Those gorgeous boxes are arriving. Everything has been shipped. I can't wait. I need people to post their boxes. I need people to post their cookies, recipes, Recipes. et cetera. And I need there to, when they make edited cookies, I need them to post and tag. That's very, very important to me. Even more than it's important to me that they tag me. Sure. And I want them to tag Ed and they want them to tag Small Batch Bakes. That's what yes. I want them to tag. Absolutely. And I hope everybody went out and bought Small Batch Bakes stocking stuffers, which I did. Also, it's yeah. the very last week. You only have one week left to sign up for the January Social Club, arsocialclub.com oh, or arsocial.club. So do that today. Today's really the day to do it. And uh, no, dry Jan- no dry Januaries here. No, this isn't a dry January situation. It just isn't. Certainly isn't. No. So that's, you know, completely up to you how you want to live your life. But we will not be having a dry January. We'll be coping with January by having our cocktail club. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do want to say that it's Christmas Eve tomorrow. And I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody and happy holidays. Oh my gosh, you're right. It is Christmas Eve. And when Brian hears this, he'll be walking the streets of Rome. I will. Pardon me. And maybe he'll be slipping his hand into someone else's pocket. I have Ugh. no idea. Excuse to the back me. of to the back of his To grab their wallet or oh okay. Yeah. Oh, I do want to tell you not to wear your wallet in your back pocket while oh, you're away. I know that. I know that much. I do know that. I know much. you have six money belts that you're probably gonna put on your body. <laughs> Are you a money belt guy? I'm not. I'm not, but I do <laughs> I, I do love the the idea that I am. I, I I want you to wear a money belt around your waist. At Absolutely. Times. Under my under my yeah. shirt. Yeah. Untucked yeah. in under your Tucked long in. underwear. Tucked no. in. That's an important thing. Are you bringing long underwear? No, but I got to tell you, it, the weather next week, the high is like 61. Really? Yeah. It's like crazy. <laughs> I want you. Do you have long underwear? I do. And you have it with you? Mm-mm. I want you're in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want you to go to either Uniqlo. You don't think I you don't think those are the ones I have at home? But you're right, I should maybe get some. Or I want you to go to Patagonia. They have a capoline, I believe it's called. Yes. Or of course you could get some thermosilks for yourself if you really sure. wanted to. Ooh, but you'd have to uh, probably go have to go to Bergdorf, Bergdorf's to get those or to Paramount no, Sports or something like that. Uh, but you should pack, just pack one little set of long underwear just to have. J-I-C. you want to walk, because you're going to be walking around everywhere, everywhere constantly. And if they get a cold snap, you want to be able to still have your mobility. You want to still be able yeah, to true. do whatever you want to do. And it takes up Truly zero space true. in your back. So that's Actually, my, I could use it here to be in New York, to be honest with you. That's my I tip I should just go out you. and get some. That's my tip for you. Thank you. Uh, okay. We're going to do one more letter. But I'm delighted that it's the holidays. People are spending their holidays. I can't wait to hear what people think about our gorgeous boxes. We have to say an extra, extra gorgeous special thank boxes. you to Kana and to no Nick. No kidding. Those who really elves. made it happen. Oh, my God. I can't even tell you how many boxes we sent out. And, of course, to Vulture for that fabulous uh, review that they did. Thanks, us In their holiday guide. It was such a pleasant such a surprise. Uh, okay. Dear Ronna, Brian... And Dante. Yes. I've been a listener of the podcast since the beginning, and I love you all so much. I've pretty much abandoned all of the other podcasts and listened to your old episodes on a loop after listening to the two new episodes per week. I don't know how I would have made it through the pandemic without you. Now on to my question. This is my kind of listener. I like people that abandon all of the podcasts for our podcast. I am. A th- I do still- too. I, I like to know the there? right first position all the time. Are you still there? I'm still here. Are you me. still there? I'm still here. I am a 32 year old man in my last few months of medical school. Ah, muscle tub. Congratulations. And I need help with my residency rank list. I know that Rana is already familiar <sighs> with the process since she has lived it via Doctor Bob. Bob. That's true. R.I.P. Yeah. Ah. I hope I do, he is. I do I, hope he is. I do miss Bob during the holidays. Well, that was, you know, we were snorkeling in St. Bots. Yeah. Yeah. 
People know that, right? But Jordan Jordan and I make a pilgrimage every year. So we'll be, we're going to try Il Sereno this year in St. Bart's. We're trying a new hotel because I loved the Lake Como property so much. I said, I want to see what they do by the beach. Right. But essentially, I have to rank all of the residency programs I'm interviewing with. An algorithm works its magic, and I will be matched to one of those programs. That's fun. I didn't know it was that much fun. I didn't realize it was an al- that it was an algorithm, that that's how they do the match. Huh. Wow. Interesting. I wonder how that works. Do, 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 do. And your whole life depends on that. Huh. Most people match somewhere in their top three choices. All of my top programs are pretty similar. So my rank list is coming, is going to come down to location. I wonder who's the central board that handles that. I'd like to know. And I'd like to know how you bribe them. I would the, too. What do you rank, have to give them? Get, small batch bakes. There's a scandal there that we don't know that we know. But yeah, small batch bakes or showstopper cookies for sure. Absolutely. It's funny. You could either give them 50 grand or showstopper cookies and I bet you'd get the same result. Probably. The rank list is due at the end of February. I need an outside perspective and would like for you both to help me rank my top five choices. This I am a single, is fun. This is fun. This is your kind of question. Yeah. I am. You love a multiple choice. I do. I do. I am a single gay man and dating has been rough for me in the last several years while in medical school. I live in a medium-sized Midwest city and the gay scene is not very friendly to people of color. POC. I want to live in a place where dating will not be a problem for me. On the, uh, other than that, I have no clue how to sort these cities out. How could you not? The choices are Chicago, San Jose, Boston, Columbus, and Minneapolis. I already know my ranking. I know that you both have insight into at least a few of these cities, and I would love to hear your opinions of these places. I don't know anyone in any of these cities, so it will be a brand new start for me, but I'm really looking forward to this next chapter of my life with love, confused, soon to be, doctor. Gosh, good for you. What fun. So they currently, I wish we knew just how smart this doctor is, what sort of programs these are. But I live in a medium-sized Midwest city and the gay scene is not very friendly to people of color. Okay. Chicago, San Jose, Boston, Columbus, Minneapolis. Give us your ranking. As a as a gay man, as a beautiful okay. gay man who's as a beautiful yeah. as a beautiful beautiful gay man. I mean, if you want to if you want the opposite experience of what you've had, Chicago yeah. is that city. I mean, the problem with Chicago is it's really very all of cold. these places are very cold except for San Jose. That's the only one that isn't. Yeah. But Chicago has Boys Town. That's one of the largest gay neighborhoods in America. So that would be something very different from what you're used to. Obviously, Chicago is a very diverse city also, although sadly very segregated, but very diverse. Um, And again, it's a major city. Now, I don't know how much free time you have in these situations. I I have not been to medical school. But uh, if you don't have any free time, then Chicago might not be the place for you. I will say this about San Jose. Mm. You're close to some exceptional things. But again, I don't know how much free time you'll have to go to Carmel and Santa Cruz and Monterey. And you know what I mean? These great places. Yeah. I have no idea how much free time, or much less to San Francisco. I have no idea how much free time you'll have. Which, by the way, San Francisco, everyone says now, I haven't been, is like a ghost town. So who knows? Yeah. But- and I also say I'm not ranking here, but I also, of course, love Boston. But Columbus, I like that you're giving a you're giving an assessment of all of these places. I do love Boston. I love the gay scene in Boston because it's just such a different sort of a thing. Um, I like the edge that some of the men have there, just in general, gay or straight. But I just like it. It's fun. Hmm. Boston, I think, stereotypically, not stereotypically, historically, is also a pretty racist city. Um, I don't know how much of that is true in present day, except that it's true in present day in most cities. Um, Columbus, I've been to twice. Loved it. If you're going to Ohio, Columbus is the city to go to. Really? I've never been. by far the coolest and most liberal. Interesting. um, Of any of them. And beautiful. I did not know that. It's a beautiful city. I did not know that. And it's like the hippest one. I have a friend who just recently moved there. Huh. Is he single? She is not. Okay. Um, and finally, Minneapolis, I just absolutely love, except I will say this, it's a beautiful city. 
in the spring and the fall, and in the summer and winter, it is tough stuff. Punishing. Gorgeous. Yeah. And I will say the gay scene there feels almost, and I don't want anyone there, because listen, I'm a visitor there, so I don't know. It feels very old-fashioned in a way, which is nice. It feels like a community. Oh, gay bars and things yes, like that. Yes, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But bars but, that happen to be gay bars. But all of these cities yeah. have plenty of gay people in them. And also, they're large cities, so plenty of POC. Well, the first thing I'll say is that what a great list. What Meaning, a great list. You can't really, I mean, I didn't know a thing about Columbus, but now that you've told me, I don't think you can really, I don't think you're going to have a bad experience in any of these places. I think San Jose, you're going to be, you're going to have to push a little harder to get what you want. Meaning, as Brian said, you're going to have to be, look, I love that you said you're looking for a French start and you're excited to be in any of these places. And that to me means you're a person who's going out looking for adventure. So San Jose in that sense is not so bad because you've got San Francisco, you've got, you've got the mountains, you've got the ocean, you've got all of the things. And Uh, and and access to gorgeous things. And you've got California and that's fabulous. Yes. For me, my first choice, if I were a doctor- uh, you know, a medical student coming to, you know, for that purpose, but also wanted access to all that a city had to afford me and also wanted to date and all of that stuff. For me, it would be Boston. I think sure. Boston, Boston is smaller than Chicago. Definitely. It's only an inch big. It's easier to get around. It feels like there's enough to discover over that period of time, meaning new restaurants in Cambridge and in this place and that place. And not place. to mention when, when the weather is nice and when, when it's, it's summer, it's you have access to the most have, stunning parts of this country. And is the winter hard? Yes. But how far are you ever traveling to get where you have to go? Not that far. Yeah. You know, you're never going to live an hour from wherever you, you know, where you need to work. And to me, as a doctor, being part of the medical community in Boston, it's very exciting. The city is really geared that way. There are a lot of people who share your interests and do true. what you do. More universities in Boston, Cambridge than anywhere. And so to me, that's a fun place to be young. The parks are absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous. That's and true. even in the dark days of the winter, museums still, are fabulous. There's, there's still plenty to five do. things to do. Exactly. You can if you're a sports a person, obviously that's you a can thing. go to a game, you can go to a gay bar. It feels like an easy life to me. Because it's how do you sort feel about mid-size. the POC of it all? To me, I don't think I think Boston, there is an overlay of racism, let's say. Right. That there is absolutely this issue of who lives where and what people do and whatever. But the other thing you get in a city like that, and I think this is also true for Chicago, is that people have been living amongst each other for a long time. Mm -hmm. So there's also this coexistence that takes place. And I mean, you will walk down the street in Boston. It is not like you see black people dating black people and white people dating white people and an right. only chill offspring that are one or the other. Everybody's in it together. It is really an immigrant town in the way that New York is. Sure. As is, and maybe even more so than Chicago. You know, it might I, be. Mean, I mean, it's in the middle. Of course, there is. There are these classist issues of some neighborhoods are absolutely underserved. That's Chicago have, too, and I mean, in Chicago, really is experiencing. I don't know that Chicago feels like. I love Chicago, but it's very cold in the winter. Yeah, and I don't know that if at this moment I haven't been to Chicago since the pandemic, and I don't know if at this moment it feels like an exciting place to live, or whether it feels like the city doesn't have a handle on itself. There is more that makes sense. Yes, it does, and there also is more of a, in a good way, a big city slash small town feel in Boston. There just is. To me, if I was busy, busy, busy all the time, I would love to be in a city about the size of Boston because I yeah. would feel like I did six there's things just on enough, a weekend. There's enough to do. You're not running into people if you don't want to. And everything's really only 20 minutes from everything else. Right. Unless you want to go to the mountains so you want to do whatever you want to do. You, It's there for you if you want it or not. And to me, that would be a fun couple of years to spend somewhere. And you can go to the Cape and you can go to Mantha's Vineyard or you can go to Provincetown or do whatever. But I would guess the dating as a person of color in Boston isn't really a big deal. 
I don't know. Right. Maybe you could message some people on Grind and find out what they have yeah. to say. You but, could drop a pin. But I would also our, say- Or some of our fabulous Boston gays could write it and tell us. But I do think your thing about- uh, Wait, sorry. They're going to medical school or residency? I can't remember. Residency. Residency. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that I, I I agree with you. I think there're just there are just enough young people there to to for it to not feel. And as much as Bo- and Chicago the same, but as much as Boston has this history of and, I, and I'm not trying to whitewash in any way what, you know, the segregation and the classism and the were you know, all of and the racism and everything else that is part of Boston's history absolutely. But you will be part of a highly educated, engaged community. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely also a big part of what's happening in Boston and Cambridge. And that there are so many people that are getting advanced degrees or working in biotech or working in hospitals, and that it's an exciting, intellectually stimulating place to be. I will also say this I think in cold weather cities, people keep their plans. I think, I think that's true. <laughs> in great year-round weather cities, people don't. Yeah. It's always nice outside. So we can true. do it anytime. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's fun to feel the seasons. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and it's Boston so it's is beautiful. It really little, is. And it's cold as can be in the winter, but it's not like a Chicago winter. Nothing is like a Chicago right. winter. For me, I would put Boston first. Okay. Ooh, do the ranking, Rana. San Jose or Chicago would probably be second for me. Though I'm a little worried about how it feels to move to the big city of Chicago when Chicago feels a little unstable at the moment. Okay. I love Chicago, but I love, I think, pre-pandemic Chicago. I have not been. I love Chicago. I love Boston, New York, and LA more. Okay. Yeah. I just think they're more, I mean, especially New York and LA, I just think are, if we're talking the three biggest cities in the country- I would put Chicago third for me. If if you're a motivated person who's going to get on their mountain bike or go do this or go do that, you know, or wants to go see this and then go see the world's biggest ball of twine or, right. you know, that kind of person, yep. I might put San Jose second. I don't think the city of San Jose is probably that exciting. No, but you're close to some really but stunning California parts of California is the a country. wonderful state. It is. And it's a very open-minded state. It has it its is. own problems. It is. And then I have never been to Minneapolis, but it does sound like a lovely city. Lovely. It is. You have to figure out how you feel about weather. But I would probably do Boston, Chicago, San Jose. That would probably be me. But I could probably sub Minneapolis in anywhere there. Mm -hmm. The good news to me is it sounds like anywhere you go, you can have a great experience. Definitely. I mean, great job. But I'm a Bo- you know, I'm a Bostonian. You're a Bostonian. You're a Bostonian. But I, I would say I would, I would for a person who's never lived order. in a big city, I think Boston's a wonderful, easy to transition into city. Very I do livable. Too. Which is why I would maybe not put San Jose in the top three because, like, that's just like living in a nice suburb. Well, that is something important to realize. San Jose is not a city in the sense. If you're looking for an urban life. San Jose is not the place for you. If you hate the cold, San Jose is the place to go. Yes. If weather yeah. is important to you and you want to go for a jog, then move San Jose up the list. Yeah. San Jose and Chicago, I would interchange based on- uh, Your preferences. What kind of, yes, what kind of life you're willing to lead. But Chicago is absolutely a great American city. Oh, it's with fabulous. Incredible uh, Wonderful culture history, great and culture. everything. Theater, anything you want. Yes. If yeah. those are the things that are interesting to you. Yes. Whatever it is, you can have a wonderful time. Minneapolis has f- fabulous theater. Fabulous theater. Yeah. The Guthrie's right there. All of the comedy tours and everything come through Minneapolis. Yep. San Jose will feel more like a suburb. Yes. And Californians can feel a little middle of the road. I, I kind of get it. I am with yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I think the energy and excitement, if you have the opportunity to live in a city while you're a young person and that you will have housing or, you know, that it's not going to break you to live in this place that sometimes you can go to college somewhere and you, oh, what do you, this person's not going to college, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Where they're able to find somewhere to live and to love it uh, and live in a city. That's really something you need to either do when you're very young or you're very old. And the Boston airport's great. Logan is a great airport. It is a great airport and they have illegal seafoods right in there. They and certainly do. And of course, a do. hundred Dunkin' Donuts. Boston, it's always Boston for me. Yeah. It's a great place to spend a couple of years and then you can decide if you want to be there or not be there. But 
the access as a doctor, think about this. Never mind lifestyle. Think about the people that you want to learn from in your field. Yes. Depending on what kind of doctor you want to be. Because so much of being a great doctor is about experience. And you will have such a vast opportunity to be exposed to resources from various hospitals and programs between other hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. Rana, All right, dear. You've yeah. got to go. I do actually yeah. have to go. I know. Uh, I adore you. I love you. I can't believe this is going to be the last time I'm going to see you. It makes for, me sick. Until the cake gate. I can't either. Is that humanly possible? Can you imagine such a thing? Well, I'll probably just make you do a Patreon from Rome or something like that. Why not? Like I'm that. happy to run. Yeah. I'll well, you just text me. Let me know if you're bored. I will. And, but you're gonna, but are you going to text back? Well, I'll let you know if I'm bored. If I'm not bored, I won't text okay. back. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, but I adore you. Happy holidays. I, I think we've had an incredible year in the carriage house. Me too. I'm proud of us. I do want to tell everyone we are, of course, taking our break, but we never take our break in the carriage house. Um, but we'll be back before you know it on the free feed with some exciting new episodes for our next season. Certainly. And also thank you to everyone for supporting us for 150 episodes. It's been incredible. This is our 150th Patreon, I think, too. It is. You're right. Yeah. It is. We finally caught up to each other. I love it. Um, but we love our carriage house community. Be safe. Be happy. Please. Be ha- don't be hard on yourself this holiday season. We are That's very, my very wish to all of you. And do, crew. do, do write in to us and let us know what you thought of the holiday boxes once do, you do. received them. Do, do. Do, do. Crocodile, do, do. Crocodile, do, do. <laughs> kiss, kiss. Love you, Rana. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.